the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to proving that man's will is free, many will go to Joshua 24. Choose this day whom you will serve. But then they leave it off right there. They don't go on to explore the rest of that verse to see what it really means. Let's talk about that next. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And then Joshua goes on to say, you can choose this false God or that false God, but you can't choose God, the real God. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We're continuing our series, The Myth That Man's Will is Free, focusing in on all that God has to say about just how fast bound in sin and nature's night our souls really are and how we need somebody outside of ourselves to set us free. Here's more with Pastor Jesse. Jeremiah 10.23 says, and I want you to get this, I'm going to show you something here, Jeremy. It's in your outline, so listen to it. So now what I want to do is I want to immerse you with a little bit more Bible, and then we're going to do some Q&A. Can we do that? I hope you have some questions. Otherwise, I'll just keep teaching. Now notice what Jeremiah says. Oh, Lord... I know that the way of man, his conduct, his actions, his choices, his behavior, his doings, is not in himself. Do you see that phrase? I know that the behavior and the conduct and the actions of man do not exist entirely within his own capacity to control. Do you hear what I just stated? I want you to get this. I know that there is no one human being on the planet who knows everything about everything in order to know how much he can do whatever he wants to do. To know what you can do requires you knowing you and everything around you. Relative to the things around you, having the ability to help you do what you want to do or hinder you from what you want to do. So that if you don't know your surroundings, If you don't know the forces of nature, your culture, the things that have shut you up to the space you live in and the choices you can make, if you don't even know that, 
You don't have any control ultimately of your volitional choices because your volitional choices are now susceptible to the mitigating forces of your environment. Does that make some sense? All right. That's not all that Jeremiah is saying. Here's what Jeremiah is saying. Man goes about doing what he's doing. But he's largely oblivious that what he is doing is a consequence of factors above his cognition that play a significant role in his choice making so that he doesn't even often know why he makes the choices that he does. If that is true, it cannot be said that he is free. Because to be free means to be without any kind of external or internal compulsion or drives or mitigating factors or influences or predetermined factors that will help that volition make its choices. Somebody say amen. Amen. So what Jeremiah just said about mankind is mankind goes about making choices every day. And these choices that he's making by and large are already predetermined by a multitude of factors that he's not even consciously aware of. Like the fact that epigenetically he was born to a set of parents with a set of genetic traits and qualities that predisposed that boy or that girl to act a certain way all their life until they maybe might grow in a level of consciousness that they can then actually operate counterintuitively to their bents and actions. But otherwise, they're going to do it because it's in their nature. Am I making sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Notice what he says. Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to do what? <clears throat> Who directs his steps? That's what the Bible plainly says. All right. Man devises his way, but God directs his steps. Let me give you a powerful one on that. Although I got so much more here that I just so much. John chapter 19. <clears throat> John chapter 19. This is Jesus standing before Pilate. And Pilate's frustrated with Jesus. Because Jesus is as cool as can be. <clears throat> now. Why is Jesus cool? Now, now mark this verse. I want, you to, I want you to mark this verse. She'll catch up with me in a moment. Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct himself. See that verse? That does not apply to Jesus. That does not apply to Jesus. Jesus knows. Not only himself. He knows everything else. He knows the surroundings, he knows everything. Jesus is free. Is he free? Yeah. All right. So we are now at John's gospel, chapter 19. Let y'all been running our mouth up there. Verse 11. 
John 19, 11. Now, I want you to follow this. It's going to help you understand, again, the juxtaposition of the argument. So Jesus is calm and cool. You know he's getting ready to be killed. And Pilate has the privilege of acting like a sovereign. So, you know, he, he talking to Jesus earlier, Pilate proved what kind of worldview he had when, uh, he, when he asked Jesus, Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus says, if, if you were of the truth, you would know. <laughs> well, that's pretty cold, isn't it? You asking me the question, am I the king? Did I come as king of the Jews? If, if you were of the truth, you would know. He says, because everybody that's of the truth knows who I am. And then Pilate narrowed his glasses and looked over in the face of Jesus like some postmodern irrationalist and said, what is true? But see, that's the world we live in today. It's called relativism. Now, Pilate is just as bad as Miss Barbara Jackson, who couldn't even define her womanhood. And yet she's headed, if not already there, at the Supreme Court. Did you understand what I just stated? They are touting their ignorance, aren't they? And Pilate is so stupid, he don't know he's standing before his maker. You see how stupid that is? But I want to show you the humility. Is not Jesus also modeling what Peter just told us to do? Be patient with ignorant folk? Now, Pilate now wants to threaten Jesus. But Jesus just chill it. Now, now you, will, you, will, you will intimidate people if you know things and then you have a chill about yourself. I, I've been guilty of it for a long time. Why, you just so cool. You think you something. You so cool. No, I'm cool because I don't want it to escalate into anything ugly because I grew up in ugly. The reason I'm cool is because I don't like ugly. Are you guys understanding what I just stated? I, I don't like ramping up emotionally because I, 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 I see that it goes nowhere. I'd rather be cool until you cross the line. Okay, so Jesus answered to Pilate. Look at verse, uh, uh, there has to be verse 10. Here it is, uh, John nineteen ten. Here's what Pilate says. <clears throat> then said Pilate unto Jesus, do you speak not unto me? Because Jesus is holding his peace. Do you not know? Of course he knows. That I have power to crucify you. Man, if that's not man's free will exercising the greatest boast on the planet. I have power to crucify you. And I have power to let you go. That's how much power I have. Do you hear that, fool? Hear him? And here's what Jesus says in Jesus' worldview. Because in Pilate's worldview, he feels like he's completely free to kill and to make a lie, to heal and to wound, to bind and to set free. Pilate's completely clueless to Jeremiah 10, 23, is he not? Listen to what Jesus says over in verse 11. Jesus said, you could have no power at all, except it was what? Given to you. Stop right there. There it is. 
do you, do you, do you see the two worldviews? Do you see the two worldviews? Here, watch this. The one worldview is the worldview that does not even acknowledge that God is sovereign over everything. It does not even recognize that God is the source from which every reality proceeds and that God is the necessary governor of everything that emerges into existence. That being the case, if in fact God is in control of everything for of him and through him and to him are all things, then nothing but God has absolute freedom. Does that make some sense? Right. So even though I may have been exercising the delusion of choice making to do this or to do that in any given lengthy period of time, my failure to recognize that God gave me the gift to do it sets me up to fall because at any time reality wants to bump into my postmodern fantasy of freedom of volition to exercise power when I want to, God can pull the plug and demonstrate that I have no power whatsoever. Am I making some sense? Here it is. Jesus says, you could have no power at all against me. I love it. You could have no power at all against me except it were given to thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto you hath the greater sin. Jesus said, I'm looking past you. You are nothing in this equation. You're doing exactly what God wants you to do. Remember what I said? Man devises his way. God directs his steps. Pilate is being used by God. And Pilate does not even know he's being used by God. And Pilate cannot not do what God is calling him to do. Pilate does not have the freedom to not do it. Did y'all get that? He thinks he does because he thinks his will is free. His will is not free. It's predetermined by the supervision of an almighty God who determined it long before eternity that Pilate would be there at that time to be the mechanism that would bring Jesus into a state of crucifixion by God's sovereign will over Pilate's limited will, which his limited will is still a function of multiple variables operating from his culture, his condition, his nature, his upbringing, his position, his authority, and all of those are limited. Am I making some sense? Am I boring you? No. Right. Like I taught this 30 years ago at Grace. And I've taught it from time to time up to the recent time. And it's always an epiphany because what explaining the matters of freedom of the will is about is pulling back the veil to show you what really is going on in decision-making in our hearts and in our lives beyond what we see. Because we're assuming that what we see is all there is. Look at, let's look at uh, question number two. Question number two. I'm going to push you guys a little bit because you're the students today. I'm going to push you. Question number two. So not only does the Savior's view of the sinner 
proves that he's a slave to Satan in his sinful nature. Man is not free to do whatever he wants. But point number two, the predictability of sinful pathology is a proof of bondage. Do you see that? The predictability of sinful pathology is a proof of bondage, i.e. addictions and habits and patterns that don't vary, which allow us to see people within the framework of their limitations. That makes sense, right? Right. You can laugh at a, a person that asserts that they have freedom and say, okay, what habits do you have in your life? Well, you know, I like to do this every now and then. Is that a habit? Yes, yeah, pretty much a habit. How frequently do you do it? I do it pretty much every day. All right, can you stop? Oh, yeah, I can stop. Sure, I can stop. All right, stop for a week. And watch how they struggle for a week to stop a habit. I'm not going to get deep in your business right now, but I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. You remember, you're free. You're free. You can choose it to take it or to leave it. You can choose it to take it or leave it. You're free. You king over that thing. So the pastor said, let's see how free you are. The next week, you come in here, shaking. I'm free. I'm free in Jesus. No, you're not. You're not free. You're far more given to pathologies rooted in your nature because they are habitual, because they're rooted in predilections are bent. Now, they are choices that you are making, and you are doing it volitionally. You are doing it wantingly. But you are not doing it in a void or a vacuum. There is something driving you to making that choice every day. You got that? So now, this is what Jesus meant when he says, if you are my disciples... You will continue in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, the freedom of truth is the fact that we know the truth, that in many cases we're not free. Be happy about it because there are a lot of people who don't know that they're not free, but you know that you're not free. You're more liberated than them. Oh, no, I know I got a problem. Oh, yeah, I know I got a problem. I'm a sinner. There are a lot of pathologies going on here. I am not going to lie. There have been many things I wanted to stop doing. Just going to walk away in Jesus' name and the power of Jesus' name. And then a week later. (laughs) Right? Now, Now you freeze. You got free will. You can walk away from that thing. And this is why we got rehabs all over the planet with constant recidivism going on every day with people of free will. They're all free. They're all free. (laughs) You see how we buy into lies? Yeah, you're free, all right. It's so very important to get it. So the pathology... Uh, the predictability of sinful pathology is a proof of our bondage. So point A, 
the question that God raises is in Jeremiah 13, 28. I'm going to read a few more verses. I want you to get it. Jeremiah 13, 28. Listen to the question. So I just want you to know you guys are so privileged because your God already knew you believed a bunch of these lies. He already knew that. He's just waiting for you to hurry up and catch up with your Bible reading. So here's the thing about Christians that's a problem. They're not serious about their Bibles. So that's one of the weird things about coming to grace, isn't it? So at grace, we are actually serious about our Bibles. But even Christians at grace are not serious about their Bibles. They say they are, they're not. Watch what the, what the word of God says here. Isaiah chapter 26, 10. Isaiah 26, 10. Isaiah said, let favor be shown to the wicked. Let favor be shown to the wicked. Watch this. That means give him every possible option to be able to work his situation out. Give him all the tools necessary to get out of a, uh, a legal predicament. Give him every necessary tool to work his situation out in a medical situation. Give him all the resources he needs in an educational context. Give him whatever he needs in a domestic situation so that he can extricate himself from the difficulty coming there. That's the idea of let favor be shown to that wicked person. Remember that wicked person is the tree that has bad roots that brings forth bad fruit, right? So even if you give him every positive divine resource you can, Guess what the text says? Yet will he not learn righteousness. That doesn't sound like he's free to me. Now, how many people have we known in the situations I'm telling you? Well, we've given them everything they could possibly need. If you've been engaged in intervention at any time, we've given them everything you can possibly give them. And they still rejected to go down that bad path. And they actually know that path is harmful. See what I'm saying? The one thing I love about the dope fiend, and I, I grew up with him, that's the term we used in the hood, is that the dope fiend would say to you, man, I'm a dope fiend. I'm going to do dope till I die. I hope to get high when I die. I hope to be as high as a kite when I die, man. I'm just a dope fiend for life. Heard that since I was 12 years old. I found that most dope fiends on that particular subject matter is more honest than Christians are about the issue of the freedom of the will. Did you hear what I just stated? See, they know their condition. They know their condition. They know their condition. They don't have to lie. That's why the dope fiend don't come to church because he's around a bunch of lies. See, so let favor be shown and they still won't learn. In the land of uprightness, he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Look at that. Look at that. Again, another uh, text would be Proverbs 27, 22. Proverbs 27, 22. 13, 23, that'll work. Now, listen to this. Now, watch this. This one is an illustration, but it works as well. And, and, and old, old folk will know this one. Though you should bray a fool. Now, a fool is a fool. Y'all been knowing a fool. Fool is a generic term. Y'all know the fool. Now, to bray him is to rough him up. Though you should bray a fool in a martyr. You know what a martyr is, right? This is the old uh, method 
for grinding corn or beating flour down, though you should take a fool and bray him in mortar among wheat with a pestle. You know what that is? That tool that you use to grind. You, you just give him the work. Though you should bray a fool in a mortar along with wheat, yet will not his foolishness depart from him. Don't tell me he's free. He's not free. He's in bondage, isn't he? Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace Bible. Dot com or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.